Hello, fellow tiny human docs. We'd like to welcome you to our 16th episodes of Peds in a Pod. We're your hosts, Ashley Grigsby. And David Rayburn. And we are residency trained in both emergency medicine and pediatrics, and we're both bird, board certified pediatricians as well. We're bird currently certified. awaiting <laughs> bird certified. We're currently awaiting our uh, oral boards for emergency medicine if coronavirus doesn't screw that up. <laughs> this is our board review podcast focused on high yield review topics for the pediatric boards. Uh, we follow the content outline and study recommendations set forth by the American Board of Pediatrics, uh, the content outline for the general pediatrics board exam. So we have lined up some great topics and some high-yield information for this episode. We're going to be catching back up with Dr. Severance, who is a Hemonc fellow at Riley Hospital for Children. We're going to be covering leukemia and lymphoma. We're also going to be discussing pediatric trauma with Dr. Landman, who is a pediatric surgeon at Riley. And your hosts, Ashley and I, will be breaking down infection prevention, which seems fitting given everything in the news and our daily lives currently. Milestone Minute, uh, we're going to do another Guess That Milestone. And there'll be a new uh, segment uh, hosted by myself, which you'll have to just listen to to figure out what it is. I can't wait. And uh, don't forget to follow us at Twitter, on Twitter at Peds in a Pod. And again, um, if you haven't gone to our new blog, pedsinablog.com, uh, make sure you head over there and get some more clinical uh, short information. We recently just published um, a segment on COVID-19 and also on uh, e-cigarette-induced uh, lung injury. Good stuff. Clinically relevant, but... Probably not going to be tested on the boards yet. Yet. Give it like 15 yet. years. <laughs> All right. So for our case, uh, we, we won't beat around the bush. We'll just state the obvious here. So let's just talk about coronavirus in pediatrics for a minute. How about that? I mean, I guess. It's the, as we put on the blog, it's the giant elephant stomping around the world. It's not even in the room yeah. anymore. It's just everywhere. Before you and I were started this segment, we were talking about how there are still other pathologies that exist outside of coronavirus, but since it's the only thing everybody's talking about, we'll talk about it on our show as well. Sounds perfect. All right, so f- it is obviously different in pediatrics than adults, and I think in a good way, it is not affecting children nearly as much as adults. The mortality rate is far, far lower um, by magnitudes. Um, but it does present a little bit differently, right? Correct. Uh, these kiddos actually, when kids have coronavirus, they are still likely to have cough and fever and difficulty breathing and all that, that we're seeing in adults, but they are more likely to have GI symptoms. So abdominal pain, diarrhea, nausea, vomiting. This is more common in pediatric patients and the pathophysiology, which we won't, I mean, I can get into if you want me to, but it's actually kind of interesting. But um, so I think a fever and diarrhea, even without respiratory symptoms, should make you concerned for coronavirus. Especially right now. I mean, this is one of those that if we want to break down statistics and talk about positive and negative predictive value in the setting of pre- like a highly prevalent disease right now, mm-hmm. it, you, you definitely have to put it up there on your differential diagnosis. And, you know, the big, the, I think the big thing is that most of these, you know, we don't, we don't have a treatment yet, right? Hopefully. We might get one later. I don't know. Uh, we might get a vaccine later. We don't know. But 
It doesn't quite matter because you're going to treat it the same as you would any viral illness with the caveat that they should be quarantined. But to be honest, everyone's quarantined. So again, it's not going to be making a ton of difference in management. No, I mean, you're going to do fever control just like you would for any febrile viral illness. Um, You want to make sure they're staying hydrated, especially if you're having a bunch of diarrhea associated with this. Uh, Otherwise, it's really just symptomatic and supportive care. And then if for some reason they make it down that respiratory pathway and get in trouble, then sometimes they need admission and respiratory support. But thankfully, that is, again, um, very low in the pediatric population, at least. I think, at least uh, where I'm at, the one thing that um, has bothered me the most about the pediatric patients is that when an adult comes in right now with cough or fever or diarrhea, everyone puts on the whole PPE and is very cognizant that we might be dealing with uh, COVID-19. But when the kids do, for some reason, no one seems to care. And I don't quite get it, but um, everyone kind of is like, oh, whatever, it's just a virus. Well, that's true, kind of. But I think the most important thing to remember is that we need to protect ourselves and the adults in the child's life. So even though the kid's probably going to be fine, we need to be practicing good protection because kids are more likely to be carriers um, and more likely to act as more of a reservoir for disease than a true diseased population. Yeah, they're just little vectors. And if you don't consider that uh, when you're evaluating them, then you're going to potentially expose yourself unnecessarily. And that seems to be the case for all of pediatrics too, though, for kind of non-pediatrician specific providers. They're like, oh, it's just a kid and just go in and see them and not consider that, wow, they could really still be sick. And the other thing is that I actually had to change my script for parents because usually I'm like, oh, this is one of the many viral illnesses in the community right now that your kid has. I can't really say that right now because then they're like, is it coronavirus? (laughs) (laughs) And (laughs) then I'm like, well, it could be. (laughs) Yeah, the answer is maybe. Still keep them in the house. Don't go see old people. And I did want to just make, we wanted to make sure one other thing, um, was brought up is that in adults, the likelihood of co-infection with two viruses is actually pretty low. It's not zero, but it's probably like 5% is the last number I saw between influenza and uh, COVID-19. And so, you know, a lot of places are using flu to rule out COVID, which uh, we won't make that argument. I, I don't know if I completely agree with it, but that's fine. The point is, is that kids actually have about a 40% um, rate of co-infection. So if you're using RVPs to say, oh, well, they don't have coronavirus, so we don't need to test them for coronavirus because they have, you know, adenovirus or rhinovirus on their respiratory viral panel, this is kind of not uh, valid. This is not a valid way to think about it. And so you definitely shouldn't be using that as a way to not test. If you're going to test, test. If you're not, you know, don't, but don't use the respiratory panel to do your uh, thought process for you. Yeah, exactly. I think that's a good point. All right. Well, I think that's probably enough about coronavirus. If you guys want to read about it, go to Peds in a Blog, and there is a nice outline of basically what we just talked about. All right. Should we get into this episode? Yeah, we're going to get into this episode coronavirus-free, the rest of it. I like it. All right.
This podcast is focused on providing you with the content relevant for the pediatric board exam. The ideas and information provided by the participants in this podcast may not reflect the academic institutions they are affiliated with and, again, are to be used for education purposes only. This podcast is not intended to be used in the place of clinical judgment or as a diagnostic tool. We also know that there's new literature published daily, but unfortunately the board exam content can lag behind this sometime and not have up-to-date information. We cannot cover everything in this podcast, and it is not all-inclusive, but we do hope that you learn something to help you on your board exam. All right, let's dive into this next episode.